Well, welcome to 2024. I think we say 2024, not 2024, right? How many say 2024? No? Some of you? All right, how many say 2024? All right, how many of you don't care? All right. Uh, some people say it one way, some people say it the other way. Either way, we're in a new year. Happy New Year. I know last week uh, was close to the new year, but now we're in the new year. Uh, so I know some of us at the beginning of the year, we think about some way that we can improve our life, some way that's going to make things better. And so we, we set these resolutions. Um, how many of you guys have made New Year's resolutions? All right, only a few of us, all right? Okay, why, why do some people, maybe I guess not us, uh, why do some people make resolutions? They, we make resolutions mostly to, because we want something better, right? We, there's something that we are trying to get in our life that will, that will bring us joy, bring us happiness, that will bring us something that's going to be better, and so we want that. And so maybe it's, you realize that there's, there's something you don't have in your life and you want it. Maybe uh, a better career, so you're, you're spending time working on towards something with a job or a goal in, in business. Maybe it's something more with spending time reading or spending time with your family more. Uh, whatever it is, is something that you want. You have, to, you have to make the time to do that. Uh, it also could be we make resolutions because we realize there's something that we have that we don't really want, like some extra weight. Like we don't want that extra weight, we want to get rid of it, so we have to do something about it. That's why this week, across the country, gyms were really full. Now, I, I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't go, so I didn't see that. But I've heard that. The first week of January, the, the gyms make so much money, and a lot of people are there. But it starts to fade a little bit, because it gets hard. You know, I, I put in the, in the bulletin last week, and then it's in here again today, that there's something called SMART goals. If you want to make a goal, we have to think about how to make it in a realistic time set, how to make it realistic. And so I encourage you, if you're making goals, especially as last week we were talking about how we ended the New Testament challenge, and uh, if you have not finished the New Testament, by the way, I want you guys to keep going. Don't, don't think, oh, we finished it, they talked about it, they had the wrap-up last week. By, by the way, thank you, Rich, for leading the panel and, and those that were part of it. That was it was really neat to see how you guys uh, responded and how it was just a really impact to read through the New Testament. So anyways, if you haven't finished it, go ahead and keep, keep working on it. Uh, keep reading, not working on it, but keep investing in God's Word every day. And, and so, why do we make resolutions? Why do we do things that are different? Why do we think about new things at the beginning of a new year? Because we want joy. You want joy. Which, which person doesn't want joy? It's kind of a, everybody wants joy, right? But the question is, how do we get joy? Right? How do we get joy? I mean, that's a good question that we should be thinking about. How do we get that? You know, in recent studies, in brain science, they've discovered some stuff about joy. And I have it on the screen here that uh, according to 
some studies done by Chris Kearney and, and uh, Marcus Warner that joy is a bond that people share in relationships. So we have this bond in relationships that causes joy. And when people share that bond of joy, there's positive energy. And that positive energy attracts them to each other. Now this joy bond is characterized by positive feelings from being together or even thinking about being together. Lots of smiles and the ability to connect safely at an emotional level. But this entails this idea. This idea, the summary of this is, I'm glad to be with you. We get joy in relationships. We get joy when we share each other. And this idea that I'm glad to be with you. And, and that's brain science. That's not even, I mean, that, that's what brain science is showing us. But we, as believers, if you know Jesus and you've experienced joy in Jesus, you know that to be true about your relationship with Jesus, not just relationships with each other. Because, we, yes, we want relationships with each other that will bring us joy, but Jesus offers a lasting joy, and He is where the joy is. I know we heard that a lot during the New Testament challenge, if you were, paying, if you were following along with the Bible recap and Paralee Cobble. She's every day said, He's where the joy is. And I loved it, even the last day of the, of the year, she said, she prayed, and Jesus, you are where the joy is. Because when we realize that we're, the, joy, the joy, our lasting, satisfying joy is, is found in Jesus Christ, in a relationship with Jesus, then we are going to run to Jesus. And that's what he wants. He wants us to run to him. And so, joy is something that we were made to crave. And in the Bible, in the book of 1 Peter, we're going to be looking at this today, how Peter wrote about how we have an inexpressible joy in Jesus Christ. And so, if you would, please turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. And 1 Peter is near the end of the Bible. Um, so if you get to the Revelation, go before that. But it's near the end of the Bible. Um, and Peter is one of the 12 disciples that became apostles. They're ones that were sent by Jesus to proclaim the good news of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Peter is writing this letter, and he wrote this letter to, to people, other Christians that are all over the place, uh, through the, that were scattered through different provinces. But, the, but it's for us too. Okay? So this truth is for us. And he says this, in 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at verse 6. And so he says in, in verse 6, In all this, you greatly rejoice. We're talking about joy today, right? We're talking about where the joy is. The joy is in Jesus. And so he's telling people, he's, he's reminding people, all Christians all over the place, he's saying, in all of this, you greatly rejoice. You, you are being filled with joy. You're excited about Jesus. But you might ask the question, wait a minute, what, what are we talking about here? What does it mean? What is he saying in all of this? They're rejoicing. They're greatly rejoicing in all of what? So we need to go back a couple verses and read in verse 3 what, what they're so 
rejoicing greatly over. What are they rejoicing greatly over? So in verse 3, Peter says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed at the last time. In all of this, in all of this, he says, you greatly rejoice. You are being filled with joy because of the salvation that Jesus Christ has offered you. When you think about salvation in Christ, does it bring you joy? Are you excited to thinking about that you were dead and if you've accepted Jesus Christ, then now you are alive in Him? That, sh- that brings joy. And, and I'm going to even say the fullness of joy in Jesus is available. It's available because of Christ. We can have a fullness of joy. We can have not just a little bit of joy, but he says we can greatly rejoice. These people were rejoicing greatly because of salvation in Jesus. They have this hope, this living hope, that's, this inheritance that's in heaven. They know that when they die, that they're going to be with Jesus. But not just they wait until they die to be with Jesus, they're with Jesus now. They have this They have this inheritance that's never going to go away. It's never going to spoil or fade. This inheritance of being a son or daughter in Jesus Christ. This inheritance is with Jesus. And it's available to us. We have this this fullness of joy that's possible for us to have. Not just a little bit of joy, but a, a great deal of joy. In fact, here when he says he says rejoice when he's saying you greatly rejoice this idea you greatly rejoice it's one word in greek and this is it's this idea that someone is jumping for joy when's the last time you saw someone jumping for joy it was probably a little kid right because kids express joy in a, in a different way they, they don't keep it in they, they express it are we expressing our joy? Are we, he's, Paul, Peter, sorry, Peter is saying that, we, that the people are so excited about Jesus' salvation that they are like jumping for joy. So he says that they're this rejoicing in Jesus' salvation. In all this you greatly rejoice. And then continuing in verse 6, he says, Through na- though now for a little while, You've had to suffer grief of all kinds of trials. Just, he said, just, just for, a, for a little while, these people were being persecuted. These people, because of their faith in Jesus Christ, were being given a hardship. They were, they were facing trials and persecution. They were facing problems in their life because they believed in Jesus Christ, because they loved Jesus Christ, and they trust in Jesus. 
Does that happen to us? I would say not in the same way that these people were facing trials and persecution, but, but maybe it will. We don't know. But the joy that they have, the joy that they have shows them that this, these trials, even if they're lasting a long time, many years, it's just a little while, Peter says. It's just a little while. Because why is it just a little while? It's a little while because in all of eternity, this is so, so temporal. This is, this is such a small thing compared to eternity. A few years, maybe a few decades, whatever it is, it's, it's so little compared to, all of, all, uh, compared to forever. Forever is a lot of time. Forever is forever. And it's hard to think about forever because we think about right now. We're, we're, it's easy to think about now and maybe next year and, and maybe last year. But we, we don't think of a lot about forever. And so this fullness of joy in Jesus, it's eternal. It's eternal because it doesn't end Jesus offers us joy, this fullness of joy, this leaping for joy, joy, that doesn't end. It doesn't end when someone makes fun of us. It doesn't end when when someone dies for their faith. It goes forever, for all eternity. So the fullness of joy in Jesus is eternal. You know, these trials, they're difficult. But then then Peter says that they're refining their faith. In verse 7 here it says, these, he's talking about trials, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, and then he, said, he gives this, this about, what does this mean? This proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold. This, this faith that you have is greater worth than gold. And by the way, he says, gold perishes even though refined by fire. So gold is only temporary, temporary, but your faith is forever. And your faith, if it's proven genuine, it's going to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Jesus gets the glory. Jesus gets praise. Jesus gets the honor. Don't, isn't that what we want? If, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you love Jesus, don't you want your faith to bring glory and praise and honor to Jesus? So even though trials are difficult, they refine us. They, they show us where is our heart. They show us, are we, are we all in with Jesus or are we half in with Jesus? Are we not in with Jesus at all? Where are we in, our, in your faith? Where are you? When you're... When you're full of joy, problems seem small. That doesn't mean problems are small, but problems seem small. When you're full of joy, it just doesn't matter so much other things. Because what you care about is what's eternal. And what is eternal? Is the Lord. The Lord God Almighty is eternal. What else is eternal? People are eternal. So we care about people, even the people that are persecuting you. Even the people that are that just don't understand why you love Jesus. Those people are eternal. And we want those people, all people, to love Jesus. And so if we have a fullness of joy in Jesus, they're going to look past 
the hardship in our life and look for the and we have a joy in our life. We look for what's eternal, putting our eyes on Jesus. We put our eyes on Jesus and we we want the people, all people, to trust Jesus and love Jesus. It says in in Hebrews twelve two that we're, when we fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. When we are fixing our eyes on Jesus, we have this. Jesus is the one that's, that starts our faith. He's the one that's perfecting our faith. You know, even if it's in trials, he's perfecting our faith. And it says that for the joy set before him. For the joy, think about this, the fullness of joy in Jesus, then thinking about joy that he had, he endured the cross. And he's scorning its shame, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so the writer of Hebrews here in chapter 12, 3 says, Consider him, Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. If we have our eyes on Jesus, and we have our joy in Jesus, it doesn't matter what's happening around us, because what's happening around us is for eternity. What's happening, the greater thing that's happening is for eternity. The temporal things are going to go away. The, The suffering and the trials, those are only temporary. Just for a little while, Peter says. And that and that faith that we have that's being refined in a fire, I'm sure it's, it's not very fun to be in the fire. But it's being purified. It's being stronger. It's being better in the fire. And our faith is like that too. When we're in the fire, it's getting stronger. It's getting lasting. It's, it's becoming real. It's becoming genuine. And so we have this fullness of joy that's available. We have this fullness of joy that's also eternal in Jesus. And then it says in, in verse 8, uh, back in, in uh, 1 Peter 1, verse 8, Peter says, Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And though you, even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him. I'll just pause there for a minute. So Peter was an apostle. He was a disciple. He was with Jesus. And guess what? He fell in love with Jesus. And so he wants others to fall in love with Jesus. If we're, if we're disciples of Jesus, we're followers of Jesus, we love Jesus, but we want others to love him. And so Peter, he, is, he has seen Jesus in the flesh. He has seen him, and he, he loves Jesus. But he says to these people, these other Christians, that includes us, even though you haven't seen him, you love him. So like Peter, he, he saw Jesus and loved him. But even though we haven't seen with our eyes Jesus, he says you love him. And then even though you do not see him now, you still believe in him. So you don't see him and you love Him, and you believe in Him. In the past, you haven't seen Him. In the present, you don't see Him. But what are we doing? We're fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith that we just read. So you, we, we are not seeing, but we love, and we believe. And then he said, because we love and we believe, it says in verse 8, and are filled 
with an inexpressible and glorious joy. When, when we love Jesus, even though we don't see Him, and when we believe in Jesus, and we're, we're being in the fire, we're, we're being refined, or we're not. We're, we're just having, we're just doing well. There's no trials in our life. Whatever the case is, we're having our joy, our fullness of joy in Jesus. We're seeing, we're, we're seeing Him with our heavenly eyes. We're not seeing Him with our earthly eyes. We're, we're looking to Jesus not literally in the flesh. We're looking to Jesus. And so when we, when we, even though we don't see Him, we love Him. And even though we don't see Him now, we, we believe in Him. We have our faith in Him. And it says when we're, we're filled with this inexpressible, glorious joy, this is the same verb. This first part, this, the filled with an inexpressible joy, that is the, the same part earlier in verse in verse 6, where it says, in all this you greatly rejoice. In all this you're jumping for joy. In all this you're so full of joy. You're so full of joy because of the salvation you have in Jesus. You're so full of joy that you're so excited. You're, you're, you're just... Um, this, and so then the same here. You're so full of joy. And he says, because of your faith in Jesus... He doesn't just say, again, you're filled with an inexpressible, glorious joy. He says, you're so filled with joy. You're so, this, this joy is inexpressible. It's hard to even express how wonderful it is. It, when people have an inexpressible joy, it doesn't matter what's happening around them because they know who they are in Christ. You know who you are with Jesus. And he says, and also in a glorious joy. There, there's two words here. One, the first one is this, jumping for joy, this being filled with joy. And then secondly, this, this chara, this joy that is glorious. And so it's like, it's like saying back-to-back joy, right? When you say something is, is good, when they say, well, it's very good. When it's like, it's, really, it's very, very good. I know kids say this a lot. They, they, if you say very a whole bunch of times, it means more things, right? And so, so Peter here is saying, kind of back to back, he's saying, it's a, you're, you're filled with this great joy, and this great joy is glorious. It's like very, very glorious. It's very, very hard to explain. This joy that is not just up here in your, our heads, this joy is in our hearts, and this joy is expressed out with our hands and our feet, as we just sang earlier. Right? This joy is, is not just that we know about a relationship with Jesus. This joy is experiencing joy. This, uh, this idea of, I'm, I'm glad to be with you, that we talked about earlier. This, I'm glad to be with you. I'm so excited that I'm in Christ. But it's really, Jesus is saying that to us too. I'm so excited that you're with me. I'm so excited that you're in this relationship. And so this joy is happening where you just... You can't stop smiling. You just, you have positive feelings about Christ. I mean, this, and you have this ability to connect on a safe and emotional level with Jesus. And I'm going to say on a spiritual level, but in a holistically, it's not just spiritually. It's all of ourself. And so we have this inexpressible joy, this glorious joy. And he says in verse 9 that you are receiving the end result of your faith. 
the salvation of your soul. This is what you're doing. You're filled with joy because of who you are in Jesus. And this is the end result. The end result is that you're having this salvation. Salvation in Jesus. So salvation in Jesus brings us to joy, and then our joy in Jesus brings us to salvation. Now, I'm not, that, that joy that Jesus has saved, if you've chosen to put your life trust in Him. So the fullness of joy is heavenly. The fullness of joy in Jesus is like heaven on earth. I mean, think about it. What are we doing in heaven? What will we be doing in heaven? There's going to be a lot of joy. There's going to be a lot of praise. There's going to be a lot of singing. There's going to be a lot of excitement. We're going to be so full of joy. And that's what Jesus is offering us here. He, we don't have to wait till heaven to experience heavenly joy. This heavenly joy is possible to be experienced. Even if it doesn't make sense, you can't express this inexpressible joy. And it's a glorious joy because it brings Jesus glory. You don't have to wait for eternity. You don't have to wait till you die to experience the eternal, heavenly joy that Jesus offers. Jesus wants you to be full of joy. This is not just something that, as we talk about sometimes, he, but he, he wants you to experience Him. He wants you to have joy, and He wants your joy to be full and complete and showing people who He is, showing people how good He is, showing people that even in the hard times, doesn't matter. We have Jesus. That's all that matters. Because Jesus is our treasure and our joy. And He receives all glory. He receives all praise. He receives all honor. So those who rejoice in Jesus, those who rejoice in the salvation of Christ, are filled with joy. So our main idea today is when you rejoice, those who are rejoicing in Christ's salvation, you're filled with joy. So it's, it's kind of like this cycle here. Rejoice in, in the salvation of Christ, and then you're filled with joy. But start by rejoicing in salvation, and then you have more joy. Right? And so it's this, this cycle if we want joy, let's start by being joyful, rejoicing in what Jesus has done. So those who rejoice in Christ's salvation are filled with joy. Is that what we want? Do we want joy? Yeah, we want joy. But we're promised joy in all kinds of ways, aren't we? If you just turn on the TV, there's all kinds of advertisements that will show you how you can find joy. And, and they might work for a little bit. But joy is found in a relationship with Jesus. And sometimes we, we think that our joy isn't just about things, you know, false joy isn't just offered out there. Sometimes we have a false joy that's coming because we have a sin nature. And so we might, we might have this inside us 
that we're promising something that's not true. Or, or because we read the Bible, we're going to have joy. Because we come to church a lot, we're going to have joy. Because we're kind to people, we're going to have joy. Those could and all, hopefully all produce joy, but that in itself is not joy. What joy comes from is a relationship with Jesus. So even if you read one verse every, some, you know, every one week or something, you can have just as much joy as someone that's reading the whole Bible in like a month. It's not about how much you read. It's not about how much you come to church. It's not about how much you listen to, to worship music or, or you're, you're serving or being kind. It's not about any of that. It's about the joy that we have in our relationship with Jesus. And when we have that relationship with Jesus and that, that joy in Jesus, what happens then is then those other things are going to happen. They're, they're going to happen, but they're, they're not forced. Those things are going to happen because we want to spend time with Jesus, because we want to spend time with each other, because we want to be rejoicing in his salvation, because it brings us joy. So I, I want you as a pastor, I want you to read your Bibles. I want you to pray. I want you to serve. I want you to, to be all in. But more than any of that, I want you to experience joy in Jesus. Because when you experience the joy of salvation in Jesus and you're filled with joy, all those things are going to come and they're not forced. They're just going to be because you're so excited in your relationship with Jesus. Those who rejoice in Christ's salvation are filled with joy. Do you want to try to continue finding joy apart from Jesus? Even in, in small ways? Because is, is that joy that's apart from Jesus, is it lasting? Is it fully satisfying? Is it leading you to life? Because only the joy of Jesus is fully satisfying. It's eternal. It's never going to end. And it leads to eternal life. Abundant life. Not just for later, but for now. So outside of Jesus, what's offered is temporary. And ultimately, anything outside of Jesus leads to death. So what can we do about that? We come to the one who came to be with us. The one that sacrificed everything. The one that left his heavenly throne to come to be in a manger that we just celebrated at Christmas. This manger. And he came and he lived a poor life. A humble life. Not a, not a life of a, of a king, but of, of a servant. Because he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for everyone. He gave his life so that we can have life. Our joy that's fully satisfying comes through the relationship we have in Jesus. A, a prominent 19th century evangelical preacher named Octavius Winslow said this, he said, Christ came to take away our sins, to roll off our curse, to unbind our chains, to open our prison house, to cancel our debt, 
And he asked this question, is not this joy? What Jesus did for us, the salvation we have in Jesus, is this not joy? He says there is an, in every element of joy a deep, ecstatic, satisfying, sanctifying joy in the Gospel of Christ. The believer in Jesus is essentially a happy man. Are we happy? If we're a believer in Jesus and we're rejoicing in the Gospel, we're rejoicing in His salvation, and He's filling us with joy, this eternal joy, then we should have smiles on our face all the time. We should be like so excited because this joy is filling us, this joy that we have this relationship with Jesus, the joy of salvation. So this week, how are we going to do that? What I want to encourage you is to go to Jesus. Rejoice in the salvation that He offers. If you have salvation in Jesus, rejoice in it. If you have never accepted Jesus, you don't know about His salvation, He, he died for you. It's not too late. Right now, it's not too late to choose to accept His free gift of salvation. And He cleans you as white as snow. And we are filled with joy. The joy that we all want. So this week, let's go to Jesus, the source of the joy of salvation He offers. And let's spend time with Him. Whatever it is, it's not about how much time. It's about spending time with the person that brings you joy. It's not hard to do that when you are receiving joy in a relationship here on earth. But yet, sometimes when we aren't getting joy in Jesus, we don't really want to spend time with Him. But let's start with spending time with Him. Let's start with rejoicing in our salvation. Go to Him. Maybe it's through nature. Maybe it's like journaling, spending some time thinking and pray, processing and praying. Maybe it's through music and, and the way that you're, you're filling your mind with worship. Maybe it's, it's just letting Scripture sink in. I want to encourage you this week, you could, you could memorize 1 Peter 3, chapter 8. This, and even though you have not seen Him, and you love Him, and even though you, have not, you don't see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. That's something we all want. We can know that He is where the joy is. And not just know it, experience life in Him because He is where the joy is. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank You that You are where the joy is. I thank You that You offer joy in relationship to each of us. God, I, God, I pray if there's those of us that have not received much joy from You recently, those of us that have maybe not received any joy or, or have salvation in you, God, I pray that you would just be showing us how great you are. How much you love us. How you came to save each of us and with the free gift that you offer of salvation. And God, I just pray that we would rejoice in that salvation that you offer. That salvation that's not just it's not just wants to think about. God, your heaven ticket. God, I thank you that we have 
not just a heaven ticket. I thank you that you offer an abundant life, that life expressed through joy in you. So Jesus, I pray that we would receive your joy as we worship you, as we spend time with you, as we rejoice in your salvation, that you would be filling us with more and more of your joy. And that joy would be lasting and permanent. That joy in you would bring, be attractive and other people would know you, Jesus, because of the joy you offer. Jesus, I pray specifically right now for uh, Linda Kelly as she's uh, been in uh, the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. God, I just pray that you would, you would heal her. God, she needs your healing right now. We pray, Jesus, that you would be with her husband, Rich, as he's just going through just a really hard time right now with, his, with the things that are going on with his wife. God, we pray that you would bring healing to her and give them peace, give them uh, just a comfort in you. We pray that they would experience a joy that makes this trial seem temporary, to seem small, and they would have this joy that's in you. I also pray for um, Eva's uncle right now, as uh, Jerry, he's uh, in hospice care and just in, in Champagne. God, I just ask that you would give, just give him comfort right now, that he would know how to end well and just have his joy be founded in you. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for these believers that, that even though they haven't seen you, they love you. And even though they haven't they don't, don't see you now. They believe you and they trust you. So God, I just pray that you would fill each of us with your inexpressible and glorious joy. That we, you would receive all glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.